How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Speed for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. On the right wing side, here is Defoe. Shoots, he scores! Battling through it in front of the line. No sense bitching, right? This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All right, so we weren't able to record last week because life got in the way. And of course, that is when the Kings decided to make a few moves. The trade deadline happened. So some pretty big changes since we spoke two weeks ago. Um, And also, technically, at this moment, the Kings are in a playoff spot in the second wild card. But St. Louis is winning their game, so that probably will not last for the moment. And they're playing Colorado, so I doubt that Colorado is going to come back and, and help us out here. Yeah, right, yeah. Colorado, not the team to count on in this situation. Um, so that's unfortunate for the Los Angeles Kings, who also seem to be struggling in weird, various ways themselves. I guess overall, how do you feel about the Kings after the changes that they've made, which we will go into all of them? And well, I, yeah, how are you in the two weeks since we last <laughs> really had to think deeply about the Kings? What are you feeling? Um, it's concerning. Um, I don't know. I, I guess with all of the changes that they made, I expected maybe something to improve more dramatically quicker. Maybe it's just a slow burn and, you know, they'll figure it out and get better. But as of right now, I'm not feeling great about everything. It's kind of frustrating because in a lot of ways, they're still playing pretty consistently or not terribly like you can see fans especially on twitter get frustrated and be like oh the kings are bad now or whatever and they're not outstanding obviously they still have the same old problem which is that they struggle to score goals um and they've been letting themselves get down not needing to come back from deficits so there are definitely things that could use improvement but for the most part like they're technically still the top possession team at five and five like they don't have the insane lead that they've had in years past but they're still really strong um they do generate chances and they have opportunities but they're not burying them and then they're allowing too many goals on the other side so it just spells kind of like inconsistency and ability inability to string together a bunch of standings points and it's yeah. all just kind of leaves you feeling like meh yeah <laughs> pretty game. much that's 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 what it is i'm i'm not so down on them that i think that they won't be able to like eke into a playoff spot i still have great optimism for them um that they'll be able to do it but i'm not feeling particularly uh, you know, heartened by any of the changes or by the difference in their play or anything like that. The Kings need to score goals, and what we saw at the trade deadline was not really anything that I thought would help the Kings score goals. Right, um, yeah. And the lack of uh, the, the Minnesota game that they played where they just kept leading and then letting Minnesota come back was so aggravating, and then Minnesota won in overtime. Um, it was so aggravating to me uh, watching them you know, do well and score. Like, it was a high-scoring game for everyone, but they just couldn't keep it together um, to win that one in the end. I mean, they got points, which is great, but still. Exactly. One point always better than no points, but frustrating when the Kings are still so far behind the rest of, or I should say the top of the Pacific Division. Um, Current standings, they are basically in a back-and-forth battle with the St. Louis Blues for that second wild-card spot. Those teams play each other on Monday the 13th. The Kings play the Blues at Staples Center, so that'll be interesting and possibly high stakes, depending on how the next few days go. Um, 
the Flames and the Ducks both have 76 points in the Pacific currently, but the Ducks are playing a game right now. The Blues are also playing right now as we record, and so those things could also change. Those gaps could become wider. The Blues will probably leapfrog the Kings tonight. Um, So a lot in flux. And the other thing is, like, okay, the Kings hopefully if they're lucky, put together some wins and maybe catch the Flames. But right now, they're eight points behind the Flames and the Ducks. Um, and the Flames are 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10. All of a sudden, the Calgary Flames are just <laughs> a very consistent team, and yep. it's frustrating <laughs> for Kings fans. Um, the Ducks aren't as strong, and the Kings did beat them recently. So, it, they're, like you said, there's still reason to be optimistic, but it is kind of a frustrating and kind of a tough battle right now for them. And you know, their fate is in their hands. Either they have to string together a number of wins or they're going to be out of the picture pretty soon. <laughs> uh, I just, I want them to string together a few more wins or just start uh, a, just a horrible da- downward spiral. <laughs> uh, I don't, <laughs> it is not good for me personally uh, having to draw it out this long. You know, either don't be as bad as the Colorado Avalanche, but like be, you know, so that I know the Kings aren't going to make it. I'm like, all right, I'm prepared for it. We're going to enjoy these games or, you know, be a bit more aggressive and win some more games and give me hope because uh, I don't like this sort of in-between uh, feeling of will they, won't they. Being on the bubble is tough for fans it because it is like either be decisively bad or decisively good yep. because I can't take the stress. Pretty much. Um, yeah. It's tough. It's really tough. And actually, it was fascinating to me and kind of bizarre um, seeing the reaction to their loss to the Flames because people, it just felt like, you know, it felt like a couple years ago when the Kings did miss the playoffs because they were knocked out. Yeah, it was just very strange to me, the reaction. A lot of people just seemed like they were ready to give up on the Kings season right then. And I was like, come on. And they were still within point, one point of the wild card. Um, Then eventually they got enough points to jump back into that spot. I was like, what a strange place to give up. I think at least indicative of everybody kind of feeling that strain of like, they don't really play in a way that's inspiring right now. And technically they will get a few wins, but it's a struggle or they pick up a point. But like you said, it's a game like the against the wild where it's back and forth. And yeah, you can just tell that people are kind of, I don't know, reaching a peak of being fed up <laughs> and it's wild. I think I think what you said uh, was kind of hits it on the nose. They're not playing in a way that's inspiring. I don't mind if they lose games, but if they look good while doing it, while, while losing, you know, it's it's a little, it hurts a little less, but they're not playing in a way that inspires a lot of excitement in me currently. And that bums me out. Right, yeah. You want to watch them and be like, oh, I, if, if, maybe if they don't win, at least I feel like the potential for winning. Exactly. But like the other night, when they went down for nothing against the Canucks, I was like, oh, they're not going to come back. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Immediately. No, no hope at all. I was like, oh, they're not I was back. so shocked when they got within one point. You know, like that was crazy to me. Didn't think that that would mm-hmm. happen. But right, uh, right, yeah. I, I was, I had pretty much given up at that point in that game. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're just not playing in a way where I feel like, oh, it's definitely possible. And I mean, to be fair to them, it's not like other teams consistently come back from being down four goals. But in general, I probably would have felt the same way if they were down two nothing. I was very surprised <laughs> the other night when they did come back to win against the Maple Leafs, I believe it was. Um, so yeah, I it's just, you know, don't have a whole lot of trust in them to surprise me <laughs> at this point. Pretty much. That's how I'm feeling as well. 
they are, or I should say contributing to that is the fact that they are 3, 5, and 2 in their last 10. So they've done a lot of losing recently, even though they picked up a couple points in some of those losses. Um, but still, it's like, that's probably why people are feeling pretty tired because they have yeah. done a lot of, uh, taken a lot of L's in yep. recent weeks. I can't, I can't believe that they're 10 points behind Edmonton in the standings. Yeah. It's That's horrifying crazy. I don't know. I feel like people kind of underestimated, or not under, or, I don't know if it's underestimated, but I feel like the thing too with Edmonton is their young top players are doing so well and producing so much for them that they've won a lot of games because there's it's not still like the fundamentals of that team have gotten better but not like all of a sudden outstanding um like compared to the kings the the oilers are actually in the middle of the pack when it comes to possession in the league right now so not bad but technically you know still pretty average overall probably but again the people who are supposed to score points for them are doing it a lot this season and that is helping them (laughs) so yeah yeah their uh baseline like behind the scenes problems are being you know hidden currently by how good their rookies are um, and if only the Kings would stop trading away all of their, you know, future potential for old guys, maybe the yeah. Kings could have that too. Oh my goodness. All right. So yeah, let's talk about these trades. So one of them happened uh, a little while before the deadline, and that is the, probably the most surprising one, at least to me, was when all of a sudden the Kings traded for Ben Bishop from the Tampa Bay Lightning, who is not cheap and also definitely a rental because his contract is up. Okay. And that what he traded, he got sort of the biggest pull to, which was Peter Budai, who is now no longer king, later Peter Budai. Um, Eric Chernak, who was one of the higher picks that the Kings have had in recent years, was a, def- a defenseman. And they also sent a seventh round pick, but those kind of don't matter. Um, how did you feel about them picking up Ben Bishop? I thought it was nonsensical. <laughs> I mean, I thought the Kings were doing fine with Peter Budai. Like, I get what Dean Lombardi ended up saying in, you know, with Jonathan Quick being out as long as he has. It's unrealistic for, you know, the team to just put all of their uh, weight and all of their trust in him. Like, not that he's right. not a good goalie, but he's been out for a while and he's been injured. And, you know, you don't know how you're going to play after being out for that long, um, you know, so on and so forth but I think that Peter Budai was a perfectly good bandage for all of them um so I didn't really understand why they needed a more expensive slightly better I guess um goalie when they really could have used some scoring forwards but you know that's just me yeah that's pretty much how I felt too I was like all right I understand your reasoning but Peter Budai was already kind of serving that purpose and I guess maybe the thought I mean he didn't speak specifically to this necessarily but I think the only gamble would be if the Kings did make the playoffs if they actually trusted Peter Budai to take them all the way to the Stanley Cup ideally right um which, fine, but I, it, I feel like at the same time, he kind of also earned that shot yeah. <laughs> with how much he played this season, um, and they just decided not to give it to him. So it was kind of surprising and cost a lot of money and also a prospect, but at least he didn't give up a first or second rounder, I guess. Sure. There's the bright side, I suppose. And I just felt so bad, like, it shouldn't be too personal, and... um 
But, like, Budite, just, like, the entire time was just, like, I'm so happy to be in L.A. and to be given yeah. a chance and to play in front of such a great – or behind such a great team – and yay everyone and I and I too caught up was caught up in that enthusiasm being like yeah Buddha you've been great I love it and you're not on the Kings anymore <laughs> right <laughs> goodbye <laughs> yeah I was not expecting that at all because pretty much we had been told that even though they were keeping their eye out for goaltenders that it was not a huge priority um, and I I mean I assume that Dean Lombardi felt like he was offered a deal uh, for. Ben Bishop that was just too hard to pass up, so he he took it. But I was like, all right, what about someone who can score goals, though? Um, unless Ben Bishop is a really great puck handler and wants to try to, you know, pull a Mike Smith <laughs> and, and also, score goal. And also, for all... Yeah, seriously, if, if he has that up his sleeve, then fine. Ben Bishop, you can stay. But um, <laughs> right? if for all that Dean Lombardi har- harps on, like, loyalty... And, you know, all of that. It's like, come on. I feel like Budai earned a little bit of loyalty there. Like, let him stick, yeah. let him stick it out. He's, yeah. he's done his part. But what's done is done. And weirdly, Ben Bishop is now a Los Angeles king. And there can be more chess jokes with Bishop and the king. Because <laughs> everyone's always got to look out for uh, puns that you can put on Twitter. True. Yeah. And I did see someone say like Bishop to the Kings or something when the trade happened. So, you know, congratulations to hockey Twitter, I guess, for <laughs> being able to make some jokes. It will it probably will never be as good as having Lyndon Vay on your team. Oh yeah. <laughs> in terms of how much joy that brought hockey Twitter to make puns about or at least LA Kings hockey play, uh, Twitter to uh, make puns about him. Um but you know, it, it worked. I wonder if Kings fans I mean, if Ben Bishop has the opportunity to have a game where he just does something crazy and stands on his head constantly throughout it, um, I wonder if the Kings fans will adopt the kind of stuff that Tampa did, which was like, you know, the Bish please kind of those types of jokes. Um, I'm always curious to see whether or not that stuff transfers from fan base to fan base, because sometimes I'm kind of torn on it. Like, even if it's good, it's like, also, but that's kind of what they did. And we should kind of do our own thing, I guess. Come up with our own jokes. Uh, Yeah. We'll see what happens. If, and I don't even want to say the words, because I'm afraid that it might come true, but like, if for whatever bizarre reason, and I hope it never happens, Tyler Toffoli gets traded somewhere... Like, oh yeah, I know. See, it sounds gross even just saying it hypothetically there. But if he ever did and their social media team started talking about cupcakes, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. that, that ain't going to fly. <laughs> Done. You guys do not have if that history. Cut off. I don't care if he still eats cupcakes. In my world, they stay in Los Angeles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they do not go in. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I can see – I can see uh, – the Kings adopting the Bish, please, but I'm sure they've got something else up their sleeve. I mean, he's only been around for, you know, like a week at this yeah. point, so there hasn't been a whole lot of time to come up with the way that fans react to him, and of course there's no guarantee that he will sign again, because again, he makes a decent amount of money, um, but I am curious if the Kings do manage to squeak into the playoffs, and um, if bishop sees any time playing or whatnot how those things evolve i'm always curious about it um do you want to talk about how he has to adapt to you know playing behind jonathan quick and jonathan quick doing weird things and him being like whoa wait what are you doing yeah so i feel like a point that we should i mean (laughs) obviously we've mentioned on it mentioned it but to 
reiterate, Jonathan Quick is back in the lineup. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Quick, after being gone for so long, is playing again. And I felt like it was it was super sudden, too. Like, I don't know. There were, like, yeah. rumors, and I was like, yeah, okay. There's always been, like, oh, he may be back. And then all of a sudden, he was playing a game. And I was like, oh, okay, that one was a real one. Okay, so we're yeah. at that point right now. I It felt from, like, zero to he's playing a game. It was strange, too, because it seemed like they had only done so much on ice work and there was kind of this implication that they had like another step to take with him but then it was like oh just kidding he's just back now <laughs> so he's gonna play against the ducks <laughs> here he is um so yeah he's back and ben bishop is now his backup and i find it the thing about jonathan quick that king's fans are very familiar with is that he's extremely unconventional for a goaltender um and he is also uh I won't say a master cheater, but it is. <laughs> oh, cool. We like we like it when it's our on our team, but I get why everyone's so upset about him. You know, like not uh, you know maybe a little tap to the net uh, right. to get it off his moorings, yeah. or sometimes you know, he seems to have a really loose fitting helmet. Um, yeah, he's just an expert at these things. Yeah. But it's okay. So one of the things that he does is, I mean, Daryl Sutter doesn't really call for um, an extra attacker early enough, but when he does take that option, Jonathan Quick sometimes will notice that the net is jarred loose and then still leave to get an extra attacker on anyway, so that the other team, if they touch the puck in the Kings lose possession, they can't play it in the King's end because the net's off. So it is technically not an illegal play, I guess, um, if you're not caught, that is. But it's kind of <laughs> tricky. <should've> <laughs> Right, right. Like, you should tell the official, like, the net is off, they have to restart. But he didn't do that. And Ben Bishop, however, seemed to notice that the net was off and couldn't understand why Quick was coming off the ice. Like, he thought he maybe, you know, misread a play or something and thought there was a penalty. And so Ben Bishop is, like, yelling at Jonathan Quick to get back in the net. (laughs) He's been here for, you know, five good minutes, but he's also already, like, what the fuck is this guy doing? (laughs) Get the net. I like that um, he's on top of it, though. I like that he's watching right? me like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? Please go back. <laughs> he's just trying to look out for him. Um, but, of course, it was intentional, and eventually Daryl Sutter came over and had a little conversation with Ben Bishop that was caught on camera, partially, of him, I guess, pointing out that that's what Quick was doing. And it's funny, because in the clip, you can also see Ben Bishop laugh about it and say, yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Now everybody's on the same page about how much of a giant cheater Jonathan Quick Welcome is. to the Kings, Ben Bishop. This is how it's done. Right. Yeah, so um, he's part of the team now. He's in on the trickery. But it's okay. He just had to get adjusted. That's so hilarious. Like, someone going to, like, a different high school and being told by, like, someone, just like, this is how it's done here, son. Like, just, just, right. just, fall, just <laughs> yeah. fall in line. <laughs> and I feel like this is probably common with all of the people who play with or behind Jonathan Quick is that he does stuff that is super unconventional and sometimes like we know as fans like his style is aggressive and it bites him in the ass but it's entertaining and it's how he plays and it's how he's always played so it's not going to change but I always love the little hints of other goaltenders who play on the same team being like what is this dude <laughs> doing? Yeah, I enjoy it. And so I, I think that that part at least is hilarious. In Quick's first game, 
obviously when someone comes back from long-term injury, people were kind of keeping an eye out for how he played. He seemed to move well, to move fine, and he was greeted by being slashed in, like, the back or on the arm by Corey Perry. So I feel like that's a Corey, like, I feel like that's a, a, a nice Corey Perry welcome back. Like, that's his version <laughs> right, yeah. of being like, missed you, buddy. It's just like a, a little slash on the back. I think that's just how oh, he does man. things. He's so evil on the ice in a way that I just, that is almost impressive because it doesn't really even seem like like a Brad Marchand where he is very intentionally trying to rile you up. Like Corey Perry is a pest, but kind of in this way where it seems like he blacks out and it's just like <laughs> the absolute worst. But like off the ice and in interviews or whatever, he doesn't even really acknowledge that about himself. He's very normal. I mean, as normal as he can be because he's kind of a weird dude, but... Yeah, then on the ice, he's just, like, unabashedly the worst. And it's, I mean, a lot of the Kings are friends with him, like, Jeff Carter's friends with him or whatever, so they kind of laugh it off. But it is, like, this dude is so much all the time. Can you chill? Yeah, uh, that, I'm really glad, kind of, that uh, Quick went back, uh, his first game being a Ducks game, that that feels, that feels right. Right, yeah. Like, if it was, like, a meaningless game between, you know, the Kings and I don't know, the New Jersey Devils or something. It's like, okay, well, whatever, who cares? Um, but the fact that it was against the Ducks was just was just lovely. Yeah, and the post-game, Quick was asked about it, and he was just like, yeah, that didn't take long <laughs> about getting slashed. So he, he found it amusing. <laughs> um, so he's glad to be back. It's it's pretty cool. Um, one thing of note that I actually missed, because I, I don't know, must have, I don't know if I, where I went, but Jeff Carter and Ryan Kessler got into a fight in that game. Did you see the fight? Um, I saw a little bit of the fight. Uh, Jeff Carter did not do well. He is <laughs> he is a lover, not a fighter. That is for oh, yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, but Jeff Carter saw... with uh, Gordie Howe hat trick, so that's nice. True, very true. And I did see the photos and the gifts of him catching just a mean right from yeah. <laughs> Ryan Kessler, who I can't stand. But um, I, that's unfortunate for Jeff Carter. But then he did go on a score, so that was nice. Yeah, that that was nice. But yeah, the the fight was just kind of unexpected to me. Like Jeff Carter, <laughs> I would never imagine Jeff Carter being someone who, well, not never, but at least now. Uh, that he would be the one to get in a fight. Yeah, no. I don't think anybody ever sees that coming. (laughs) Wasn't it, like, his second or third fight in the NHL? Like, that's crazy. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, and he's been around for a number of seasons at this point, so he clearly not something that he does. Like, he's a tall, like, largish dude, but he he just doesn't, he just doesn't fight. Yeah. It was was pretty funny, actually. He shouldn't. He shouldn't, no. He He should stick to the scoring. Yep. So on trade deadline day, there was a rumor that quickly became reality um, that the Kings had some interest in Jerome Aginla. And I think, I mean, I don't know, as soon as I saw the first tweets being like, the Kings have some interest in Jerome Aginla and it might be mutual, I was like, this is going to happen. <laughs> this is <laughs> the Dean Lombardius trait. Like, oh, yeah. The, so him. He could... This is perfect, like, textbook what he's, Dean Lombardi is he's interested in. He's plucking a legendary alumni slash old player mm-hmm. from a struggling team to give him a second chance in Los Angeles. I don't Here we understand. Are. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You know, Aginla has some familiarity with um, Daryl Sutter, obviously, and they had a chance to win the Stanley Cup together in 2004. Um, it didn't happen, so Aginla wanted another shot at the playoffs, and the Kings are currently 
you know, obviously not a lock, but they have a chance. And I can see why, again, especially if he wasn't getting a ton of other offers or the avalanche weren't, like, why not come to Los Angeles? But it's for Dean Lombardi, it just feels kind of like, I mean, is that really the only deal that was out there for you to pick up a forward? I mean, okay. <laughs> it Yeah, it just seemed like not the greatest move, even though I like Jerome again, LaFine. I do too. I have nothing wrong with him as a person. Obviously, he's wonderful. He was amazing with like, the Flames. He does so much. He seems really kind. Um, I don't need him for the Kings. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. A lot of people were like, it could be like a Le Cavalier 2.0 in that maybe what could be helpful is if he contributes to like the power play or something like that. If he can contribute to special teams, okay, but it's kind of hard to expect a lot at five on five with so many teams getting faster and him not getting faster because he's already uh, almost 40, I believe. So at least the abs are keeping half of his salary so that's good i suppose that we're not paying so much for him Mm -hmm. yeah and they only gave up a 2018 fourth rounder which is i mean not totally nothing but also not uh, a prime pick or anything like that so in terms of what it took to get drome again i think it's fine um but in terms of like this is the piece the kings needed to make it to the playoffs mm, probably not <laughs> yeah i don't think he's going to be the secret piece to making the kings a faster more like offensive scoring team i don't think of Jerome Ginla as that key yeah yeah this isn't even like i mean there was some question marks around Gabrick because he had been injured for so long and whatnot. So maybe Jerome Ginla will just go on a tear at some point and surprise all of us. It's possible, but um, it kind of feels fo- foolish to bank on that happening again. <laughs> um, clearly, we would love it, but yeah, it does, just doesn't seem like a guarantee. And I think when Gabrick came in, he was playing with a much better Kings team than what we currently have. True. So it's a little bit different uh, than that. I don't think Aginla is going to have that freedom to just go buck wild and try to, you know, relive his glory days and score all these goals because you have to be a little bit safer, a little bit more responsible with how not great the Kings are doing right now and really needing those points. Um, so I definitely don't think he's going to make that big of an impact. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing is that in December, when it was first being kind of reported that Jerome McGinley wanted an opportunity to be traded to a playoff contender, um, Down Goes Brown wrote for the, or Sean McIndoe for the Hockey News. He wrote this piece that was basically like the five places that he would fit in. And the Kings were number three on that list because it was like, this is pretty much a Dean Lombardi trade. And um, like, you know, the connection to Daryl Sutter and stuff like that. So I found it kind of interesting that, you know, I guess Dean Lombardi decided to just play into his own narrative (laughs) this time. (laughs) Which, what else could we expect but for Dean Lombardi to do exactly that? So it wasn't super surprising. No, we really shouldn't have, uh, you know, thought anything else. Like, this is typical Dean Lombardi. We should have just been like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's going to happen. He did make another trade, and this one was, I think, actually smart, but bittersweet, like kind of sad, yeah. Dwight King <laughs> traded to the Montreal Canadiens. A king, is, um, king for, isn't a king anymore. That's yeah, it's weird. wild. <laughs> and because he'd been with the Kings and the King system his entire career, the Kings organization. I mean, um, he obviously was here for two Stanley Cups. They traded him for a fourth rounder, um, which it makes sense. He's going to be a UFA, I believe, and he makes um, just under $2 million uh, on the salary cap. And 
you know, it the Kings could get somebody to do what he does for cheaper. Yeah, and, and I don't he'd think... he'd probably be looking for a raise. Yeah, I was going to say, and I don't think the uh, contract talks were going so well either with, you know, what he wanted and what the Kings wanted to give. So it makes sense, but it's just sad. He has just been an integral part of the Kings for so long. As Yeah. Are, like, having, like, surprising goals all the time. Just be like, oh, Dwight King out of nowhere. Um, right. Having a very tweetable face. <laughs> yeah. And an adorable baby, you know? That that part's sad. <laughs> yeah, Dwight King just seems like a good dude, yeah, too. Absolutely. So, like, he and he was a fine, like, top nine player. Sometimes, you know, you'd forget about him, but that's not necessarily always a bad thing. So I think he did a really good job with the Kings for his role. Um, and obviously Daryl Sutter liked him a whole lot. And, I mean, it makes sense that to trade him now and get something before he was a UFA and could just walk away if they didn't resign him. Um, but it is still just like, wow, what a change. <laughs> um, Shang from Jewels from the Crown um, talked about basically, like, uh, he, he posted this quote from Dwight King because he was asked like how he was feeling and he, he just said you know a little bit of shock and then Shang also noted he also said our team is on the bubble before correcting himself and saying LA which was like oh no that's so that's so tragic <laughs> it's all changed like in a second and now you have to get used to not including yourself in something that you've been a part of your entire career yeah that's always the the bummer bit is when you trade away someone who's been with the Kings for so long. You know, it's it's one thing for, you know, people who have jumped around on teams for a while. Okay, a trade's a trade. Go somewhere else. You're used to it. We're used to it. Um, but yeah, someone who was, like, brought up through the Kings. And now yeah. they're gone. That's, that's a bummer. I think, um, surprisingly, that, I mean, not totally, but sort of that in combination with uh, Bob Miller announcing officially that he's going to retire kind of made me have this like a moment of being like oh wow the kings are really changing yeah <laughs> um so i guess we should talk about that a little bit too is that bob miller you know we've all been aware of his health issues he had had um another surgery so he needs to do more recovery and his doctors basically were like you gotta slow down dude so he is going to retire he plans to try to push through to call two more games at the end of the season um in april the 8th and the 9th i believe um, and then he's done after 44 years of broadcasting. And, um, yeah, that's – it's wild to consider. That's definitely – yeah, Dwight King leaving the Kings wasn't so much the end of an era, but this is the end of an yeah. era uh, with, you know, Bob Miller not being the the voice of L.A. hockey anymore. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy. L.A.'s losing a lot of great announcers. Um, so close <laughs> together. So close together that uh, – it's we're gonna have to start anew yeah yeah i mean so that's the other part is like they don't have anybody in mind right away it sounds like um the kings and fox sports are because even though this was always a possibility that maybe bob would have to pull back because of health it was still something that they were obviously not planning on so there's not an immediate replacement but they're going to figure out who they want that person to be his successor um this summer is going to be an issue that so that'll That'll, uh, on top of having the um, expansion draft, (laughs) we will also get to see who will be the new voice of the Kings, and that'll be an interesting thing. It also is kind of interesting to think that because he's leaving now, he will never have had to call a game that featured the new team (laughs) in the NHL. That's true. He'll never have to, yeah, he'll never have to talk about the Las Vegas Golden Knights or whatever they're called. Right, right. (laughs) Um, I love... 
Jim Fox's constant um, emotions. Yeah. So he got super teary at the press conference about, you know, Bob leaving, and then I got kind of teary, and I was at work, and <laughs> that was all sad. But yeah, that was sad, too. I, I kind of want Nick Nixon. I love Nick Nixon. Um, mm-hmm. I love the way he does it. I don't know if he wants to make the switch, but... I would like having him. I would, too. In the past, he said that he's really happy on radio, and so that is the only thing that makes me think, like, maybe he will continue to stay there, because it seems to be really what he enjoys doing. But I think if he does want to make the transition to TV, like, he's done it before for the Kings already at times, and he's always been really good, so um, that would be great. I wonder if... uh... I'd like to the cast of, like, rotating announcers that they've had while Bob's been out, so... I don't know, they have a lot of options, a lot of good people out there. I wonder if they're going to do the Hollywood thing and do some sort of uh, reality TV show. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> About, like, over the summer, like, do you want to be the new Kings announcer? Here you go. Or even if they don't, like, have a, a like a call for it. Just take the guys that they're already, like, thinking about and making a, a little series about it. I think that'd be kind of funny. I would love that. I, I don't mean, I don't know if the guys who were, like, would be up for the job would be interested in dealing with all of that. <laughs> um, but it could be fascinating. I it, Just, like, imagining what sort of uh, weird, like, tasks that they would have to do, like, competitions. Um, right. <laughs> in terms of announcing, like, announcing things on a fly, like, going to, like, a mall or, like, going to, like, Rodeo Drive or something super L.A. And then just uh, kind of people watching play-by-play announcing the shit that's going on <laughs> on the street, like, during peak tourist summer times. I'm like, oh, I would love to hear that in the dulcet <laughs> tones of someone who's going to be a hockey announcer. Oh, man. Yeah, that would all, all have to be, like, newbie types. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like Nick Nixon is going to be like, you know what? Kiss my ass. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I would never, I would never put Nick, Nick Nixon through that. <laughs> um, I would love to see them ask, though. <laughs> I wonder, I mean, I don't know, I can't remember what his, all of his reasons were when he left announcing for the stars, but I do wonder if Ralph Stranges would be interested in staying on with the Kings because I've liked him as long as and it doesn't seem like it's going to be the case at this point because he's well established in San Jose but back when it was like oh if Bob Miller leaves like Randy Hahn is coming down to Los Angeles like please don't, don't fucking do don't that do to me that. please don't <laughs> I cannot stand his voice I know me <laughs> um but also speaking of you know announcers that are gone or who come back and do like a few more Dave Strader of the stars uh had been out for the season because of um he was battling cancer and came back to like announce a game and uh and and just like kind of say hello essentially and it was such if anyone gets a chance you should look at it the video of you know them announcing that he's back and all of the cheers and people with signs that say like do it for Dave and the stars giving him like a stick salute at the end it was really lovely uh to see and I can only imagine how the kings are going to do something similar for Bob oh my um, god on because I think like there's a Bob Miller appreciation night coming up oh yeah um yeah there are at least going to be a couple different opportunities to, and I'm sure like that last home game, they'll do something really special yeah. uh, for him. It's going to be emotional. <laughs> um, but I mean, cool though, you know, you wish him the best and, and whatnot. Yeah. It's just going to be odd not to have him around regularly anymore. You get so used to him there, but I am glad that they won not just one cup, but two before he retired. Yeah, exactly. So 
That's pretty good. For the longest time, he thought he would never get to call a Los Angeles Kings Stanley Cup win, and then he did, and then got to do it again so quickly. I'm like, all right, good job. You got to wait for a long time, but then you got to do two. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so it looks like the Bob Miller Appreciation Day will be on April 8th in the game against the Blackhawks. Right. Oh, yeah, that's his last game that he's going to call at Staples. Yeah, the final Kings regular season home game, so it will be then, and that will be so nice. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited um, because now they have to put together something really special. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they always tend to do a pretty good job of that. So, yeah, that'll that'll be one to tune in for. I'm going to cry. I know it. <laughs> yeah, probably me too. Get very emotional about it. Um, speaking of people who cried and also people being welcomed back places. Oh, no. PK and Subban. <laughs> I knew what you were going to say. Oh, no. <laughs> Went back to Montreal, and even though he has always had the sort of weird, unnecessarily contentious relationship with the organization itself and the people in charge, um, the fans of Montreal have always loved him, and at least the Canadians like put together a nice video, and people gave him a standing ovation, and he teared up, and I was like, this is so beautiful he's so great and i'm just so excited that people love him i am so happy with how much he loved and loves montreal how much montreal loves him um him oh my gosh i definitely teared up during that like he obviously the preds let him do like a lap around the rink by himself first everyone's cheering it was nonstop. the video at the beginning and him just crying was so good uh Someone was mentioning it being, like, the next crying Jordan, and I was like, oh, no, that's going to be plastered everywhere. No, (laughs) don't do it. I need hockey to just be fucking original for a change. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it was was a good moment, though, too. Oh, it was so so nice. Yeah, I loved it. He's so great, and I really wish this league would get it together and market him way more than they do, because he is the perfect person to be sort of the face of the league with the combination of talent, personality, um, charm. Come on, he's P.K. Subban, he's amazing. Um, I also, the petty part of me, like, P.K. Subban doesn't really come off as particularly petty, despite the mountains of things that have been done to him. Um, But I am. (laughs) And so I also really appreciated, as he was crying and having a really emotional, sincere moment, I was also thinking, how amazing that this is the love he gets and that also Michelle Therrien has been fired. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. What a great night. (laughs) Guess who the winner is? It's PK. (laughs) Yeah. I I just don't understand, like, does the NHL not want to be successful? (laughs) Like, market, market your players. Let let the personality shine through. People love stories like this. People like connecting with people. I don't know why you wouldn't encourage that. It's ridiculous. They're bad to at it. To be, like, bland and boring and whatever. Yeah, I was... Okay, so the this is a quick basketball tangent. The Golden State Warriors played the Knicks, and MSG, for whatever reason, decided not to play music in at least the first half. I don't know if it was the whole game because I didn't actually watch it. But um, Draymond Green, like, in a interview um was saying talking about not having the music was like that was pathetic and his final line on it was they need to throw that in the garbage because that's what it was or throw it in the trash because that's what it was um and so i i think to like basketball is actually the nba is great at marketing individuals and letting them kind of have personality and speak their mind without turning it into 
a drama or, or like a, a discourse about whether or not something's disrespectful constantly. Um, and I think hockey could really just like take a page there. And and that's like, like Draymond Green is like criticizing the way an arena slash team was doing something. P.K. Subban doesn't even really do that. He only really ever has positive things to say about people. <laughs> um so it would even be way easier to market him compared to, like, a combative personality or something like that. Um, and I think, like, hockey could just needs to take a page from other leagues and be like, let people be who they are, yeah. celebrate the good parts of them, um, maybe don't amplify the shitty people because that seems to be the only thing they're good at. <laughs> and then things could be better. Maybe you will have a rise in viewership. I don't know. It seems pretty simple. But why not give it a try? What's going to hurt? Like, what's it going right, to hurt? Right, right. Yeah. Come on, guys. No, it, Instead, what people want to do is discourse about whether or not Josh Hostang choosing the number 66 <laughs> is oh. a problem. Oh, God. <laughs> Please murder me. <laughs> so that's what the NHL does. Spe- that's their vibe. Speaking of numbers, though, Jerome McGinley playing, wearing number 88, um, first player in King's history to wear number 88. Yeah, which is an interesting little tidbit. I did not realize nobody had ever worn that number. <laughs> Me either. Um, which is strange because it is my birth year, so I am very fond of it. Damn you, other player in Chicago, for <laughs> taking it, but whatever. He has a pretty fun reason, too, for picking the number 88. He told Lisa Dillman, former uh, LA Times reporter who covered the Kings, now NHL.com writer, um, quote, True story, one of the only jerseys I ever bought was when Wayne Gretzky got traded to the Kings. I was a huge Oiler fan growing up, and I bought a Kings jersey and put number 88 on it, and I put my name on the back. I was about 10 years old. So, it's kind of cute. Like, Where is that jersey? <laughs> right. Where's the photo of him in it? Like, I think it's a cute little both uh, homage to Gretzky, but also to an era of the Kings that he was interested in. And, you know, I'm a sucker for anybody who has any kind of fondness for any reason for Los Angeles. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> so, it's, it's also, nice. it's, it's a nice memory of, like, the... Uh, the the uprising of California hockey, where people got excited about hockey in L.A. And obviously, Wayne Gretzky being a big deal for that, but I I love it when other people are excited yeah. about it. Yeah, so respect to Jerome Ginlow for that choice. Yeah. I like me a good narrative <laughs> memory. <laughs> um, but that's Yeah, that was really cute. So it, it made me, like, for a minute, I was like, all right, maybe he will score, like, 15 goals. I hope he does. I'm, like, rooting for him now. It's adorable. <laughs> Do you see NHL? All you need are these personal stories, and all of a sudden, we're invested. <laughs> we want to go to games. We want to watch stuff. Come on. Get it together. We don't ask for much. <laughs> I mean, come on. We've offered up the kinds of things that we're interested in, which is, you know, like we talked about earlier, like we're really invested in Cupcake Tyler Toffoli. We like cute stories about Jerome McGinley as a 10-year-old. Just help us out, please. Um, a quick note that before the Canucks beat the Kings in a way that seemed like it was going to be embarrassing, they actually had five players who were out with symptoms of the mumps. <laughs> Don't know why the NHL is cursed by the mumps, but it made a brief reappearance. And I think some uh, Minnesota Wild players also uh, got the mumps, and I was slightly worried because the Kings had just played them and that they would have been infected, but it looks like the Kings are all right. But yeah, mumps is happening. It. I feel like you gotta... I mean, it made me wonder, because I couldn't 
really remember it from any of the stories the last time this happened, but you have to think that a lot of the way that that transfer is happening is like the sharing of the water bottles or something like that. Um, If they're telling players, don't. (laughs) Be extra (laughs) cautious about like your own water bottle and stuff because you just don't know. There's clearly something going around. Um, I especially loved Bo Bennett's tweet about it. Yeah. Um, Which if no one saw it, it was just him saying, I'm not a betting man, but if I were, you got to think I somehow got get the mumps again. Because <laughs> honestly, true. Oh, man. He's, he's developed like quite a sense of humor since being traded. I mean, he already kind of had one, but it just seems in general like he is a little happier lately. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> um, and I don't think he did get the mumps, so lucky him. <laughs> yeah, good for him. All right. Um, a couple other things. Okay, first... The Sabres and the Tampa Bay Lightning went to a shootout, and the goal that won for the Tampa Bay Lightning was Nikita Kucherov's shootout goal that where he pretended like he was going to take a shot and then like pull back his stick to take a different shot and then just let the puck keep going, and it went past Leonard and into the net. Um, a, did you see it? I- B, <laughs> what did you think when it happened? <laughs> I did see it, and I had like a "oh shit, did he just do that?" kind of um, reaction, and I personally loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. I definitely thought he fanned on it <laughs> at first, um, until later when people were then having a debate about it, and also Stephen Stamkos tweeted like um, he said, "Wow, he did that twice this week in practice." Um, also with a gif, which just made me think. Does Steven Stamkos have gifts on the ready of him and his teammates, or <laughs> did he have to specifically go find what like Google search for himself? I love, I love if he searched himself, <laughs> or is he just like downloading them as he, he sees them on the Twitter or something? He just has like a folder on his desktop, like just in case. He's like, "This is yeah. a good one. This will be good for later," and just does that. Um, but it actually reminded me of when. Uh, what's it? Uh, Andy from the Ellen Show played with the Kings, and Tanner Pearson pulled kind of that same move where he just kind of looked like he was going to take a, a slapper and just let it coast through his uh, <laughs> his legs. And his response being like, "That was unnecessarily mean, Tanner." I right. kind of <laughs> feel like that's what Robin's kind of thinking. Like that was unnecessarily Unnecess- mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. And his, like, reaction, too, was just so... I mean, that was probably the first evidence that it was intentional, because either that or he's just, like, the chillest person in the world about a mistake going right. But, like, his, like, little fist shake or whatever, totally like, oh, yeah, that works. Um, It was insane to watch. And every time I look at it, I'm like, what a move. Yeah, Um, absolutely. But he's been practicing it, I guess, and I'm glad it works for him. I love Nikita Kucherov, so... It was also especially exciting for me. I loved that it felt like kind of a troll move. Um, yeah. <laughs> so in that way, I especially loved it. Mm-hmm. And it's also great that it was on Robin Leonard, who I actively dislike. There you go. So good, good all around. Yeah, just a wonderful moment. Um, the second thing is a less wonderful moment <laughs> in that Blake Como had a breakaway um, and decided for whatever reason, instead of shooting on the breakaway, tried to drop pass to Nathan McKinnon out of nowhere. And it got broken up, and there went that chance. And everybody was like, I can't believe he just did that. <laughs> I don't know if I can actually watch um, Colorado lowlights anymore. 
um, because it's getting like too embarrassing. (laughs) I feel too sad. I feel too bad about what's happening there. Um, And yeah, that was just kind of why. What are you guys doing? It's just all falling apart. Yeah, yeah. I just why wouldn't you shoot there? It's just wait like textbook example of trying to be too fancy um because even Landeskog like had this quote after where he was talking about like look if he gets that to um Nathan McKinnon and then the net is like way more open and it goes in and then maybe everybody's like oh it's great (laughs) um well he didn't say that last part but you would think (laughs) like if that's if that's had happened if it had gone in people would be like that was insane but at least it worked um but Landis Cog did also say, um, Blake is going to want that one back. And I don't think he's ever going to pass up on a breakaway <laughs> again. Uh, um, even your captain is like, I don't really know how to sugarcoat this. That was That was bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Tough night for Blake Como and the Colorado Avalanche. But... I mean, I guess when you're the Avalanche, why not try stuff that doesn't make any sense? Nothing else seems to be working. <laughs> if there's... I'm slightly, not jealous of them, but, you know, they can do whatever. And what does it matter? <laughs> Literally, what does it matter anymore? Oh, like, like okay. Nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing matters. <laughs> like, so Nikita Kucherov did that, you know, vaguely, truly shootout goal. Um, and, you know, a game was on the line. Points were on the line. Like, it, it kind of matters. So to the fact that he would, you know, maybe do that and not do something more traditional is interesting. Um but with the Colorado Avalanche, do what the fuck, whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Who cares? Is there is there something you've always wanted to try out and you're like, hey, why not try it now? It doesn't matter if the game's on the line. Yeah. Your season is over. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the Avalanche definitely should just take the rest of the season and turn it into a stick handling competition. I was going to say, pretend just... it's the all-star game. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you yeah. do you want to see if you can block a shot with your back to the players? Go for it. Like, <laughs> right. do you want to see if you can do a weird lacrosse goal? By all means. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't, they should just be more creative. That's what I'm saying. As many, like, deeks and dangles yeah. as you could possibly desire. Be so showy. <laughs> go for be it. so showy. And for everyone to write later, like, did he think that that was going to, like, go somewhere or happen? Just give it a shot. Why not? You you yeah. miss a you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take right so go ahead <laughs> take every take kind every of shot. kind of shot you can. <laughs> oh man, I feel a little bad for Gabriel Landeskog oh, because yeah. I think he deserves to be on a better team. Oh, one hundred percent. It is also, I mean, I don't feel bad for Matt Duchesne, but uh, it is unfortunate in the sense that he is still a good so- scorer and should probably also be on another team at this point. And yet neither one of them were moved at the trade deadline. Don't really understand what was going on they're there. Just, I guess they're in it to the end. They're trapped. They're trapped. <laughs> <laughs> they were told, you are going to watch this ship go down. <laughs> you are, you oh, are stuck man. here with us. Yeah, there was, like, a brief moment where people... I don't think there was ever something that were, um, was going to happen or was seriously discussed between the teams, but there was, like, a little bit of fervor around the idea of Landeskog going to the Kings um, and people talking about how that would make sense, and there were a few rumors, but it never really went anywhere, and I, I wonder if, like, Landeskog is, like, kind of, like, 
watching a Ginla go and just like, what the fuck? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm looking at a Ginla there being like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. How much was Gabriel Landeskog? Could we have afforded it? Because, I don't know, it might have been worth it. <laughs> yeah. Landeskog is that um, Rascal Flat song. That should be me. <laughs> that's, that's him. <laughs> so, and in Defiance now, he's grown this like ugly goatee, so I guess he's committed to the darkest timeline. Oh. Which is unfortunate for him as well. <laughs> that That is true. Man, playoff season is always so bad for blondes and beards. <laughs> yeah, unless you're Jeff Carter. He seems he, to do he has a pretty. He has got a pretty good beard, but uh, yeah, for a lot of a lot of the blondies, it doesn't work. Um, okay, that is pretty much all I have. Is there anything else on your mind from the last two weeks? Um, not at the moment. Um, I'm glad that Adrian Kempe came and got two mm. assists in that Vancouver game. That was exciting. Yeah. I like Kempe points. I like him still being on the team. Yes. How exciting. So good. Um, oh, I will mention the one thing I'm disappointed about is that Nick Shore got injured. And so a lot of people have the last few weeks been like, keep an eye on Johnny Brodzinski um, because he will probably get called up. He's kind of the next guy who's been doing really well down there and deserves that shot. Um, except then he got injured. <laughs> so we may or may not see Johnny Brodzinski at some point. It's not really clear exactly how serious this injury is but i'm like that's unfortunate like your time comes and it's like just kidding i am hurt yeah (laughs) that is the worst timing so i hope he does make it up because again i i will confess and say i don't think the kings are going to make the playoffs so for me the enjoyment the majority of my enjoyment is watching new people come up (laughs) um and get a chance to play in the nhl um so i do hope that johnny bronzeski gets that opportunity but i also hope that nick shore isn't hurt that bad and doesn't have to yeah. stay out. Um, I don't know if I can fully commit to saying whether or not the Kings will make it into the playoffs or, or not. Um, it hurts me too much to say that they won't. Um, so <laughs> I am going to stay optimistic. Um, yeah, yeah. I certainly won't say that they will, but I'm just going to not say that they won't. Right, right. Yeah, and I don't, I don't feel I don't feel defeatist about it. Like, I'm not really disappointed in them, necessarily. I think they've been fine this season, considering the number of man games lost they've had. They've had to struggle a little bit more with injuries um, this season than in recent years. So, and I think they're doing, you know, pretty fine, considering all of those circumstances. Obviously, the goal scoring is always a problem, um, but it's not a new problem. So I'm not like, the Kings are fucking terrible and gonna miss and it's gonna be embarrassing i just think they won't stay in that bubble but at the same time i would love to be wrong and have them sneak in and at least win one more playoff game than they did last year <laughs> that would be ideal yeah i i would like that as well so i'm i'm still holding strong for them uh to kind of pull through and i guess i might as well also curse the blues like yeah i'm, exactly. I'm also rooting for the kings but also voodoo dolling uh all of the blues players i mean to be fair to the blues they did get rid of one of their best defensemen so they're trying as well to help the kings get into the playoffs <laughs> um, much appreciated thank you blues <laughs> all right uh, i guess that's it from us we will talk to you guys again next week in the meantime we will be on twitter watching the games hoping for the best until then be good to each other Take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you later, friends. Goodbye. Bye, everyone.